wonderful songs this morning. Thank you so much. Excellent singing. Would you please take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 21. John chapter 21. I love snow so much that I drove to Buffalo last night in order to be in it. You think I'm joking. I did. I was in Buffalo last night, and I was in Niagara Falls last night, and we drove through a ton of snow. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. We almost got in an accident once, but that's beside the point. Did not have my wife worried at all. Let's go ahead and start with a word of prayer this morning. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for all you do for us. What a great privilege it is to be here this morning. Father, I pray that as we open your word, that, Father, you would teach us. I pray that you would speak through me today. I pray that you would move me right out of the way. Father, that your love would shine through. Father, I pray that as we continue through this series on reaching out, Father, that you would change our lives. Help us to be more like you each and every day. Thank you so much for all you do, and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me ask this question. How many of you have ever made a mistake? I want you to raise your hand this morning. Don't leave me up here by myself, okay? How many of you have ever made a mistake? I see some hands down. Come on now. All of us have made mistakes lying in church already. Well, let me ask this question. You don't necessarily have to answer this or raise your hand to this, but how many of you have ever made a mistake so bad and that you were so broken about it that it brought you to tears? You really? I've been there. I hate that. I hate it. I hate crying. I asked you about crying about two weeks ago. I hate crying and I hate making mistakes too. Of the worst things in the world. Our story today, you turn to John chapter 21, but our story today actually begins in John chapter 13. So keep your finger in John 21 and go all the way back to John 13. John 13. John chapter 13, look with me in verse 36. The Bible says this, Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? Jesus answered him, whither I go, thou canst not follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. Peter said unto him, Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? Notice this, I will lay down my life for thy sake. Jesus answered him. Wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, the cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. So here we are, Peter, the loud-mouthed, arrogant fisherman who is a disciple of Jesus Christ, is saying, listen, Jesus, I know that you're going somewhere. It doesn't matter where you go. I am going to follow you. I am going to stay with you. I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus, tongue-in-cheek, says, hey, Will you actually follow me? Will you actually lay down your life for my sake? No, I say that in the next night, in this next period of time, you are going to deny me three times. Three times you will deny me. So I want to show you that in John chapter 18. John chapter 18, John chapter 14, John chapter 15, John chapter 16, John chapter 17 are all a close-knit, tight few hours of time where Jesus spends with his disciples. Look in John chapter 18 and verse 10. The Bible says this, Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest's servant uh, and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. 
So we'll just stop there for a second. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. There's a group of people that come and they're going to take Jesus away. And Peter, willing to lay down his life, to stand up for what he had already said that he's going to do, he whips his sword out and cuts the right ear of Malchus off. Look at verse 11. And said, Jesus unto Peter, put up thy sword into the sheath. The cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink of it? So listen, Peter, put it away, and he says in another passage, they that live by the sword shall die by the sword. Put it away, we don't need that right now, this is my duty, this is what I have to do, this is the cup that I have to drink of. So I want you to notice, first of all, that Peter is willing, notice, Peter is willing to do what he said he was going to do. We know from another passage in scripture that the spirit indeed is willing, but what? The flesh, man, is it ever weak. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. I want you to notice verse 17 of John chapter 18. Peter, you can see in verse 16, Peter standing by the door, and uh, he, he's brought into to the, the courtyard there. Verse 17, then saith the damsel that kept the door unto Peter, art not thou also one of this man's disciples? He saith, I am not. That's number one. Jump down to verse 25. Simon Peter stood and warmed himself. They said therefore unto him, Art thou not also one of his disciples? He denied it and said, I am not. That's number two. Verse 26. One of the servants of the high priest being his kinsman, whose ear Peter cut off. So this is Malchus's family saying, Did not I see thee in the garden with him? Peter then denied again. That's number three. Notice. And immediately, the cock crew. In just a short amount of time, Peter went from living up to what he had said he was going to live up to, to denying Jesus three times. In fact, in Matthew chapter 26, in verse 75, the Bible says this, And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out, notice this, and wept bitterly. He went out and wept bitterly. You see, Peter knew what he had done. He had just denied Jesus three times. He had just denied ever knowing Jesus three times, and it caused him to weep bitterly. In one quick turn of events, Peter goes from declaring his devotion to Jesus to denying any association with him. Not only does he do this one, but he does this three times. This is the background of our story in John chapter 21. John chapter 21, much has happened since Peter's denial. Jesus has been crucified for our sins. The Bible tells us that the sins of the entire world, past, present, and future, were all placed upon Jesus at that moment. God could not look upon his son in that way, so God turned his back on him, and Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Then he cried, It is finished. And he gave up the ghost, and he died. Jesus was taken off the cross, he was placed in a borrowed tomb, the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. Placed in that tomb, and three days later, Jesus rose from the dead, conquering death, hell, and the grave, and he became our victor. But this is after that. 
A lot has happened since Peter's denial. And now Jesus shows himself to his disciples. We learned two weeks ago about Jesus and Mary Magdalene. They, she runs and she's the first evangelist. She tells everybody about the risen Lord and then Jesus shows himself to the disciples in the upper room. This is actually the third time that Jesus shows himself to his disciples. But I want you to notice verse 1 of John chapter 21. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, or the Sea of Galilee. And on this wise showed he himself. This is how it happened, verse 2. There were together Simon Peter, and Thomas called Didymus, and Nathanael of Canaan in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. So all these guys are together. Verse 3. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a-fishing. I'm going fishing, boys. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. Now, Peter, again, you have to know Peter. Peter was not the type of guy just to sit around and do nothing. He's sitting there. Jesus has risen. I mean, people are, the, the, the world at this time is in an uproar. It's craziness. And, and at points throughout this story, they're actually hiding from people. Because they think that the government officials are going to come and accuse them of stealing the body of Jesus but G, uh, Peter, excuse me, just can't sit there any longer. So he decides to do what he knows to do. He decides to go back to what he had already done before. He is going fishing. And unfortunately, all that night he fishes and he catches not one thing. Not one thing. Isn't that always the case? It's always the case with me whenever I say, hey boys, let's go fishing, and I want to go fishing, and I say, I'm the best fisherman. Guess what happens? I never catch anything. It's terrible. Horrible. I hate it. Clay's laughing because he knows it's true. Look at John chapter 21 and verse 5. Verse 4, you can see, when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Verse 5. Then, saith, then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? And they answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Now this is my kind of fishing trip. All right, we couldn't catch anything all night. And somebody says, hey, just try the right side of the boat. So they cast their nets on the right side of the boat. So many fish that you can't even pull it into the boat. That's a lot of fish. Look at, although, jump down all the way to verse 9. They realize that it's Jesus in verse 7, verse 9. As soon, as, they, as soon then as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there. And fish laid thereon and bread. Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Verse 11. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes. Notice, an hundred and fifty and three. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou? Knowing that it was the Lord. 
Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them, and the fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he was risen from the dead. So just very simply, this is the the context of everything that's happening. This is the scene. They're on the shore. They've just spent all night fishing. They've just seen a miraculous draught of fish brought in. They're excited about this, and they see Jesus, and he's there, and he says, listen, I've got breakfast for you boys. Come on in. Come dine and be with me. This is the part of the story that I really want to get to in verse 15. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He, being Peter, saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. Verse 16, he saith to him again the second time, Simon, Son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Excuse me. He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Verse 17, he saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. Three times. Three times. Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Three times Peter denied Jesus. Three times Jesus asked him, Peter, do you love me? This is an extremely controversial and sometimes confusing passage for a lot of people. What does it mean when he says, do you love me? What does it mean when he says, feed my sheep or feed my lambs? There's all kinds of different things in here, and we could spend a great deal of time studying these things out. But today, I don't want to dig too deep and get lost in the mud. I want to just focus on this conversation. I just want to put yourselves in this conversation. I want you to be asked the question, Lovest thou me more than these? So don't think about anybody else today. Don't think about anyone else. Don't think about your spouse sitting next to you or your child or anything else today. Just think about you, where you sit right here today. Picture yourself by that fire. You're on the beach of the Sea of Galilee. Lovest thou me more than these? That's number one. Let me ask you this morning, love Jesus more than blank. Love Jesus more than blank. Do you ever wonder what Jesus is referring to when he uses the term these? Lovest thou me more than these? What is the these talking about? Well, is it the fish? I mean, he just brought in 153 fish. Is it the fish? Is it the nets? Is it the boats? Is it the other disciples? Is it the water? What is it that Jesus is referring to? Well, let me just inform you, I have no idea. I have no idea. The Bible doesn't tell us what the these are. And we can make all kinds of assumptions this morning, but I know this. Jesus wanted love more than anything else. Jesus wanted Peter to love him more than anything else. It doesn't matter what you fill in the blank. The question is still the same. Do you love him more than these? 
Matthew chapter 22 and verse 37 and 38, the Bible says this, Jesus said unto him, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. Listen, Jesus says, listen, I don't want part. Do you love me with all? Do you love me with all? Do you love me more than these? Listen, Jesus wants all. All your love. Do you love me more than these? In fact, in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 3, one of the Ten Commandments, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Nothing else. No other gods. No other thing that's in preeminence over me. Love Jesus more than Jesus was doing some serious probing here in John chapter 21. He was being pretty blunt with Peter. And if any of you were sitting in this position, you would feel that same gut-wrenching feeling that Peter felt when the Bible says that he was grieved because Jesus asked him three times. Peter, you denied me in front of all these Romans. You denied me in front of this damsel. You denied me to Malchus' family member. You denied me three times. Let me ask you three times. Do you love me? Do you love me? You see, Jesus knew that in just a few short days after this, that Peter was going to stand and have the opportunity to declare Jesus in front of at least 3,000 people. Just a few short days. In order for Peter to stand up and declare Jesus and not deny him, Peter must know, he must know that he loves Jesus. You know, love will make you do some pretty incredible things. Love will make you do some pretty incredible things. Love will make you get down on one knee and ask a beautiful young lady to marry you in front of all kinds of people. I did it in a castle. It was awesome. We had to try and shoo people out both ways. But listen, love will make you do some pretty crazy things. Love will make you go through incredible, inhumane pain to bring a little child into the world. Love will make you do some pretty incredible things. Love will make you do things that you never thought you could do. You see... Jesus is asking Peter, Peter, do you love me more than these? Peter knew that just a few days ago, he did not love Jesus more than his own reputation. You see, that's where the line is drawn, isn't it? Sometimes when we're confronted with a, a, an option, what do we choose tells us what we love more. What we choose tells us what is more important to us. In this moment, in the time in John chapter 18, when Peter said, listen, I know him not. What did he love more? He loved his reputation more. He loved himself more. Let me ask you and myself that same question this morning. Do you love Jesus more than thee? Do you love Jesus more than these? Do you love Jesus more than yourself? 
Do you love Jesus more than money? Do you love Jesus more than sex? Do you love Jesus more than family? Do you love Jesus more than your job? Do you love Jesus more than your car? Do you love Jesus more than your reputation, your community, your sports, your TV, your fill-in-the-blank? Do you love Jesus more than these? Do you love him more than these? I want you to understand this. In fact, if you're in the habit of writing things down, I would challenge you to write this down. If you love any of these more than Jesus, you will deny Jesus for these. Let me illustrate that. I love hunting. I love hunting. Guess what? If I love hunting more than I love Jesus, guess what? I will deny Jesus in order to go hunting. If I love the Super Bowl more than I love Jesus, guess what I will do? I will deny Jesus to watch the Super Bowl. If I love my job more than I love Jesus, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to deny Jesus so that I can participate in my job. If I love my reputation more than I love Jesus, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to deny Jesus so that I can lift up my own reputation. Mark it down. It's going to happen. If you love these more than Jesus, then you will deny Jesus for these. However, if you love Jesus more than these, guess what you'll do? You'll deny these for Jesus. What, what do you need to deny this morning? What is Jesus touching on right now and saying, listen, you need to deny this. You, don't, you are giving me up for this. What is it? Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your family. Good things. But that's not what Jesus is asking. Jesus is not asking, hey, do you love me, these disciples? Yeah, that's great. Love for the brethren is a wonderful thing, but do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? Whatever you love more will determine what you deny. Whatever you love more will determine what you deny. Listen, Jesus did not want Peter denying him anymore. Oh, not just for the sake of Jesus, but for the sake of Peter. He wanted to make sure that Peter loved him. Notice with me in verse 17 of John chapter 21. The Bible says this. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Notice what happens. Peter was grieved. Oh, Jesus, you know that I love you. You can feel the pain, almost the agony in his voice. Listen, you know, you know all things. You know that I love thee. It's as if Peter was getting the message loud and clear. All right, I got it. I know I denied you three times. I wept about that. I'm sorry about that. Listen, and that's a wonderful thing to be sorry, but Jesus is drilling down. Jesus is getting to the point, the heart of the matter. Do you love me? By the way, this wasn't just for information for Jesus. This wasn't just, oh, okay, good, I'm glad to hear that. No, listen, this was for Peter. This was to establish Peter's priorities to Peter. Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, 
do you love me? How many times does Jesus have to ask you that question? How many times have we fallen flat on our face and Jesus comes and picks us up and asks, do you love me? How many times are we going to try it on our own? How many times are we going to deny him? How many times are we going to choose something over him and Jesus comes alongside and picks us up and says, do you love me? How many times? Some of you may already have a pretty good count in your mind of how many times Jesus has done it to you. We do this over and over and over and over and over again, yet Jesus continues to come and pick us up and says, do you love me more than these? Are you there yet? Do you get it yet? Have you understood it yet? How many times are you going to fall flat on your face, Peter? Do you love me? How many times is it going to take for you to answer and say, yes, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee? Do you love Jesus more than these? The second thing about love, we need to love Jesus more than these. The second thing is love requires service. Love requires service. We've said this so many times here. You can lo- serve without loving, but you cannot love without serving. So love requires service. Notice in this passage at the end of each verse, in verse 15, he says what? Feed my lambs. After Peter says, yes, I love thee, he saith unto him, feed my sheep. In verse 17, I love thee, Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. He gave him the answer, yes, I love you, and so then, therefore, you have to do something. You have to do something. Jesus says, okay, you love me, now feed my lambs, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. Get to work. Get to work. Children, let me ask you this question. Do you love your parents? Get to work. Get to work showing that. Husbands, let me ask you, do you love your wife? Yeah, I tell her all the time, let me encourage you, get to work. Do something. Show it. Wives, do you love your husbands? Get to work. Show it. Listen, love requires service. And Jesus is saying, listen, get to work, get to work, go provide for my sheep, go feed my sheep. Notice whose sheep they are, though. Notice with me, it's not Peter's sheep, is it? Whose sheep are they? What's the two-letter word? Help me out this morning, you're falling asleep, so help me out. My. They're Jesus' sheep. Listen, Jesus needs to know that you love him. Why? Because he's going to entrust you with something. Parents, if you have children, let me encourage you, those are God's sheep, and God has entrusted you with them. If you have any ministry here at Bible Baptist Church, let me encourage you with this. Listen, those are not your kids, that's not your Sunday school class, that's not your music ministry. Listen, that's God's ministry. Let me be very clear, this is not my church in any way, shape, or form. This is God's church. This is his doing. I'm just like you. I am no better than anybody else. I have a place of service here. Listen, the the, the goal here for Peter is, listen, these are not your sheep. I want you to feed my sheep. I want you to make provision for them. 
wants you to help them? In what ways can we help them? Matthew chapter 25, in verse 40, the Bible says this, And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto the one of the least of these, my brethren, notice, ye have done it unto me. A cup of cold water, a meal, a gift card, a kind handshake, a hug. Listen, fill in the blank. Jesus just says, feed my sheep. If you love me, feed my sheep. Have you ever met somebody that you just really don't want to reach out to? As much as you are a good Christian and you know that you should, you just really don't want to because you just really don't like that person. Can I try to give you a new perspective? Maybe you can't do it for that person, but can you do it for Christ? Listen, there are hard times, there are hard things that people do to you, and sometimes you just can't do it for that person. Listen, they're not yours. They're God's. There might be somebody in this auditorium right now that you think, I just can't. They have done. They did. They are. Listen, I hear you. But if you can't do it for them, can I encourage you, do it for Christ, because they're his sheep. You know that if somebody hurts you and they're saved, they're going to be in heaven with us someday? Feed my sheep. We are the hands and we are the feet of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 tells us that we are the body of Christ. We are members of his body. He is the head. And if we love him, guess what? We will want to serve him. He is the head. We may not necessarily want to serve other members, but can we serve him? Can we feed his sheep? Listen, there are all kinds of people around you right now, right now, that need provision. They are God's sheep all around us that needs God's word declared unto them. There are people sitting right next to you that need some sort of feeding, whether it's emotional, spiritual. Maybe it's physically, they actually need food. Let me ask you this morning, will you reach out to them? Will you reach out to them today? Why? Oh, not necessarily because I love them, but listen, because I love him. And I believe this with all my heart. If you love him, you will love them eventually. The focus today is on him. Will you love God enough to reach out to them today and meet their need? Listen, love requires service. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Well, then you're going to have to do something. Feed my sheep. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 17 and 18, the Bible says this, But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him. Watch this. How dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. 
If you see somebody that has a need and you have the ability to meet that need and your bowels of compassion, your heart yearns after meeting that need and you say, nope. The Bible is very clear. How dwelleth the love of God in you? This is why loving God is so important. Do you understand this? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? I've got a job for you. It requires service. Peter, in his denial, guess what he did not do? He only served himself. He did not serve other people. Peter, do you love me? We will never reach out to the people God wants us to unless we first love him. Peter could never declare Jesus without first loving him. If you're in the habit of writing things down, write this down. Love is a prerequisite for serving Jesus effectively. Can you serve Jesus without loving him? 100% you can. But if you want to be effective in it, love is a prerequisite for serving Jesus effectively. Number three, love requires focus. Love requires focus. Oh, I hate this part. Look at verse 18. Jesus continues speaking. He says, feed my sheep in verse 17, verse 18. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thine hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. Verse 19. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. Notice this. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, notice the next two words, follow See, Jesus was calling him to something. Listen, if you love me, I want you to feed my sheep and I want you to follow me. This is not the first time Jesus called Peter to follow him. This is the second time. But notice what Peter does. Look at verse 20. Then Peter, notice this, turning about Seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following, which also leaned on his breast at supper and said, said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? So it's just a descriptor. And by the way, this is John, the son of Zebedee. The John, the man who's writing this book. So Peter turns around, sees John right behind him, and Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? <laughs> Don't we all do this? It's easy for us to get into this habit of, quote-unquote, serving Christ. But you know what we do while we're doing it? We start looking around at other people and comparing ourselves with them. Hey, what is that guy doing? Hey, what is he doing? Well, if they're not going to do that, then I'm not going to do that. He's not going to give something. I'm not going to give something. And wait, I'm doing way more than he is. I better cut it back just a little bit. And we're constantly comparing ourselves among ourselves, which the Bible says is unwise. We have a tendency to be looking at so many other people and so many other things that we quickly, and I mean quickly, lose our focus. Men, we just got back from a men's conference, by the way. That was awesome. I challenge every man in here to go. We've got one coming up here in Simcoe. 
great opportunity. If you can make it, we'd love to have you come. But we just went to a men's conference, and I'm just going to be honest, I made decisions. Maybe you made a decision to be a better husband, let's just say. And you come home, you've been fired up, ready to go, and guess what? Your wife just wasn't the kindest that you thought she should be when you got home. She wasn't at the door with cinnamon rolls baked, ready for you to eat, saying, oh honey, welcome home. That wasn't the case. In fact, she's been with the kids for two days and it's just been a little bit frustrating for her and she's a little bit frustrated and she just doesn't really seem to have the time of day for you. What are you doing? I know what I'm doing. I'm going, well, forget that decision. I'm not going to be kind to her if she's not going to be kind to me. And in just one quick circumstantial moment, what did I just do? What about her, Lord? What about her? You better get a hold of her life. If you don't get a hold of her life, then I'm not doing anything. What about them? What about him? What about them? What did Jesus say? Look with me in verse 22. Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come. Notice, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Jesus is a poet. So men, you come home, your wife's just not where she should be. Let me ask you, what is that to thee? Jesus says, follow thou me. Hey, my coworker wasn't doing the things that I thought he should do. Jesus says, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Hey, that other Christian that's supposed to know better, listen, he didn't do what he was supposed to do. Jesus says, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. And we can fill in the blank and fill in the blank and fill in the blank. What is that to thee? Follow thou me. Do you love Jesus more than these? Do you love Jesus more than politics? Do you love Jesus more than your job? Do you love Jesus more than money? Do you love Jesus more than social media? Do you love Jesus more than these? Will you just, will you just follow him? Will you just follow him today? Will you just serve him? Will you just feed his sheep? You just stay focused on Jesus. What is that to thee? Follow thou me. Let me ask you this question. What's going to look different this week for Jesus Christ? What's going to look different this week because of your love for Jesus Christ? What are the things of this earth that's going to go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace because you're so focused on him. Yeah, you know what? My, my spouse isn't acting the way that they should or shouldn't. But what is that to me? I'm going to follow Christ. Man, my social media account is distracting me. What is that to thee? Let me ask you, will you follow him? 
yeah, this person really hurt me, but you know what? I'm going to feed them in a way that I can. I'm going to reach out to them because they're not my sheep. They're God's sheep. You may ask this question. What if I don't even know how to love him? What if I don't even know how? Like, Peters, do you love me? I'm not even sure how. What if I don't know how? Can I just encourage you with this? Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30. Jesus says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says this, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So let me boil it down. Just come to Jesus. Do all you can to learn of him. The Bible says that God is love. If you want to know how to love, learn about God. Study the pages of scripture. Listen, just take some time. Find out how to love. Find out what it is to do. Find out no more about God. Learn of him. Spend time with him, and I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you will grow in love with him. Maybe today you sit here and you've left him as your first love. Maybe you've loved these more than him. Let me ask you, will you come back to him right now? Today's the day. Will you come back to him and will you stay focused on him and serve him wholly and completely? Bible Baptist Church, lovest thou Jesus more than these? I hope you can say, yes, Lord. And he says, well, then feed my sheep. And I hope you can say, yes, Lord. And if you say, well, what about, what is that to me? I'm just going to follow him. I hope this is a challenge to you. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for all you do for us. Father, what a great privilege it is to be here in your house. Father, thank you for your word and the conviction that it brings to my own heart, my own life. Father, in so many times, in so many areas of my life, I have put those things in front of you. Father, before you and these witnesses, I apologize. Ask for forgiveness and commit myself to you. To love you more than these. When the distractions come, Father, just keep my eyes focused on you. I pray you would help me with that. You will be my strength. You will be my shield. You promise to be so, so I pray for that now. Father, for those that are here today, I pray you give them the same passion to love you. And Father, if there's one here today that doesn't know you, I pray that today they would would know the love of Jesus Christ. Love of God that sent down his son to be the payment, to be the substitute for our sins. Would you help us to realize that today? Father, we pray all these things in Jesus' name.